0: Welcome, everybody, to The Bearded Baptists. This is the uh, podcast for men to live all their life from a biblical worldview. And I am your host... Aaron Altizer and I am joined with my fellow bearded co-hosts, uh, John Sports and Jean <laughs> Franceschina, or we call him Amish Jean and <laughs> and Babyface John. So it's in progress. It's in progress. It is in progress, and yeah. that is the important thing. Yeah, got because, some work to do there, John. Uh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> so uh, we give you a hard about time. A year on you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Gene's got a whole pandemic. That's true. On on everybody because um, funny story, when um, at our church because we all go to the same church, and uh, I was on the men's ministry team um, and asked to reach out to to Gene, and I I hadn't met him yet um, officially, so I do what most people do. Of course, I go to social media and go on facebook <laughs> and i'm i'm like all right jean jean franceschina who is this guy and i'm looking and looking and um he had a facebook page
1: wow. okay
0: hmm. but these pictures were like a Fif- few years
1: old like 15 huh? years old probably
0: <laughs> so <laughs> so so i got this picture in my head of this guy and you know Sundays would come and go and people are streaming in church. (laughs) And I'm like, where is this guy? I don't see him like anywhere. And then I'm like asking people, I'm like, Hey, do you know, do you you know Gene Francis? Like Gene? Yeah, of course I know Gene. Like, where is he? They're like, he's here every Sunday. Where? And then they point him out. And of course, you know, he's got a beard, which is actually, it was longer because you've kind of tightened it up a tad, just a tad, maybe shaped it up a little. So, um, yeah, I mean, pandemic, everybody yeah. kind of yep. let their stuff go. Yep. and uh, But, you know, you you, you had that time um, during that pandemic when people were growing their hair out, you know, because it was like masks. You're, everybody's working from home, so it didn't matter. Correct. And uh, they're, they're growing the facial hair. Um, and then next thing you know, we're taking masks off and like, you know, recognize each other anymore. So, um, but back to you, John. Let's, uh, let's talk about that. So we've, we, we've got the uh, – we, we see it coming in, which is awesome. It is coming in. I go through stages with the facial
2: hair. <laughs> I grow it out, and I reach that initial phase of, like, the long, and then it becomes itchy, and I yeah. can feel it. Oh, yeah. Mm. And yeah. I'm from – my dad's military, so uh, – or former military, so I'm just used to the high and tight, so I try and trim it up a little bit and scale it down sure. a little bit. Um, no. so, so I'm, trying to, I'm yeah. trying to overcome that hurdle. Right. But it's just – it's not happening for yeah. me. But he hopefully with up. encouragement – and long suffering, we'll all get there. Man Excellent.
1: up, just plow <laughs> through
0: this. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so we so we talk about that. It's kind of fun because you know we're, we're we're talking about all things manly, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and something really to uh, not in a chauvinistic way, but a way to be celebrated, right? Mm-hmm. We're we're men. Um, like we're men. We don't just identify as a man. Correct. I'm a biological man. I Cisgender, mm-hmm. um, you know <laughs> all that stuff. You want to check? You, why are you even
1: saying that? <laughs> because you have to now, No you don't, right? You have to like. You're, you're playing right into it. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs>
0: so we're we're men. Um, we'll just stop at that. Uh, we are also we're husbands. Uh, we're fathers. Uh, so, um, and and most of all, we are we're sons of God. Um, uh, so we're charged with, with certain things, uh, as that, um, to, to live in that way, uh, as sons, as husbands, as fathers, uh, in this life. And sometimes that can be difficult, right? It's always changing, you know, like what I joke about there about gender, but we know that's a reality now. Um, and it's something that we have to navigate, uh, because, you know, we're not, Hermits that just yeah.
1: you know live away from the world. I mean, imagine if you have small kids. Oh, it's crazy. I mean, like you, John, you have small kids. Mine are pretty old, so yeah. they already know yeah. know what's up. But yeah, but young kids are you know you got to protect them. We got to protect. They're going to be indoctrinated.
2: And, and yeah, so within I think it was last uh, this past September, we made the decision to pull them out of uh, public schools. Wow, wife. Wow, well, yeah, not letting nice. uh,
0: not letting Caesar. Uh, turn your kids, which huh? was, which Into was something Romans. that my
2: wife and I came to cause, uh, in our life group, which is a small group, we had worked our way through judges and it said that the previous or the next generation had not remembered the mm. promises of God. And so that really stuck with her and she's mm. praying through it and she's, and it's just that thing that she keeps coming back to. And so she was like, Hey, I'm, I'm feeling led, uh, to quit my job. And we had seen God provide for us in my, my vocation and everything like mm. that. And so I was just like, all right, if we're going to do this, let's pull the trigger Let's just do it. Yeah. And so we've done it. And, uh, but yeah, to Gene's point, we've had to, um, I've had conversations even when my son was in school to be, just make sure, Hey, this, this is what a man is. This is what he does. This mm. is the role of the female. This is what a female is. And, and just to stick to biblical definitions of how mm. God created the male and female.
0: All right. Well, well talking about that. Cause you, cause you bring that up then. And <laughs> so, um, so it's been about a year then.
2: Uh, it's, not, well, it's this past September. Uh, so we're about six, seven months into it.
0: Okay. All right. Um, how about the differences? Have you seen differences? Yet? Uh,
2: I've seen differences, uh, good and bad. We're, we've had, uh, bad, not bad in a negative way, but just we understand what teachers go through with behaviors and trying to get the kids to focus on tasks. So we completely uh, relate to that. But the good has been that we are in charge of the education we've taken uh, advantage of resources and uh just seeing my kids uh kind of flourish um because school days you're stretching what could be a two to three hour day over eight hours right yeah sure a um, lot, lot of loss of time a lot of loss of time and just um, focus helping them to focus and and zero in and accomplish a task and understand that hey when you're doing school this is your job this is mm. um i always like to frame it Uh, whether it's the room or the schoolwork, Uh, we go back to the garden analogy when God told Adam to tend the garden to keep it. I'm like, Hey, your schoolwork Mm. is your garden. Your room is your garden. This is what you're to focus on during this time and be fruitful in it. It's good. It's going to be work. It's going to be tough. You're tilling ground. It's not going to come naturally, but it will come Mm. when you commit to it.
0: Yeah, that's great. We've, um, we, we were in a unique situation. We, um, I mean, my, my oldest is 17. Um, I know I don't look at that. I could have a a 17 year old. Um, Mm. but I do. And then I've got a 14 and 12. So we've, we've been fortunate to homeschool, um, just their entire time, um, up until, I mean, now, now they kind of like do a co-op with a, a school around here. Um, but it has been, um, like you can definitely see a difference. Um, I mean, if, if nothing else, I mean, sickness, right? Like, my kids don't get sick <laughs> as much yeah. as, like, you know, we would have friends and stuff, um, you know, how, how much their their children would get sick. But, but more than that, it's just the influence. I mean, nowadays it's just so hard with – everything for, you know, the devices, the electronics, um, you know, everything on TV, YouTube and and whatnot that is like screaming for their attention, let alone, um, you know, if they're away from you for eight hours plus a day Um, and, you know, just so we're clear. I mean, we, we're not, you know, we're not uh, trashing on teachers or um, well, most teachers, there's some teachers I definitely,
2: We'll yeah, trash But I know a number large, of teachers, friends are teachers. Sure, but what we're talking about is just the the, the leading of of God to yeah. f- that we've all experienced to take charge of that mandate to.
1: But well, it's the God. whole system, right? Yeah, it's the system, the public yeah. school system. Yeah, you know the the curriculum is is established by government yeah. people, right? And so you're not really you don't have control over what they're learning, and the teachers don't either. I mean, the teachers have to teach the t- curriculum that they're given, mm. so. Yeah. You know, my kids it's different. I mean, they're 22 and 23, mm. right? And I became a Christian later in life. So, I was 40 when okay. I became a Christian. So, you know, what's how long ago? Yeah, 13 years ago, right? So, it's <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while, but not that long. I lived yeah. most of my life, you know, as cool. an unbeliever mm. and, you know, my kids were in public schools. Mm. Um and you know, they didn't get saved until they were older and, you know, not, not long after yeah. I was saved. So, okay. Anyway, I'm yeah, just, well, I was going to
0: ask that. Cause that's something as well. So, um, actually, you know, we'll, we'll save that for a, a little bit later. Cause I was going to spend a little bit of time with our, our first, podcast, maybe tell a little bit of our testimonies and stories, because I think that's interesting. And that's something, too, as we explore um, as husbands and fathers, uh, where a big theme of this podcast will be legacy, um, will be the generations to come, what we leave yeah. behind, um, and also seeing how the, um, how important it is for the fathers to be the ones that lead. Because, you know, perfect example then, Gene, you yeah. know, you, you're coming to Christ, and what that effect was then.
1: Yeah, on I mean your you family. want me to, I can, Yeah. I can talk sure. about it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, do that. Yeah, I mean, so like I said, I was living as an unbeliever. I was I was a pagan, basically. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um for most of my life. And um, you know, not a lot of things I'm not proud of. Um, and it led down a path where um, Jen and I, Jen's my wife, um, were, you know, our marriage was, was pretty much, you know, over. Um, she wanted out, she wanted a divorce. So things were just a mess. Um, we were coming back from overseas where I was working. Um, I got redeployed to it or not deployed, but I got a new assignment in a new area. So we weren't even living together. It was just a it was a terrible situation. And, um, through some of that, I ended up, uh, being saved. Mm. You know, my, my cousin played a big role in that. He was saved maybe 10 years prior. Um, it was one of those things, you know, there's those people that plant seeds. Mm. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I, I said probably a lot of rude things to him over the years, <laughs> right? <laughs> that I'm not proud of either, but, but those seeds were planted there. Yeah. Right. And, um, and he's the one I went back to when, when I, uh, hit rock bottom pretty yeah. much, but, but through it all, right. So ultimately I quit my job, I moved back. You think everything's going to be great? No, not great. Right. That was the beginning <laughs> of the, of the rough times. Yeah. Right. So we, you know, she didn't want me back. She didn't believe anything that was going on. She didn't understand that. She grew up Catholic. She really, she wasn't saved. So it was pretty rough. Um, I ended up moving out of the house, um, was living separate, but kept committed, kept praying, um, just kind of working on that. Every day I would go go back to the house, try to have dinner with the kids, put them to bed, all that kind of stuff. They were in elementary school at the time. Um, uh, I mean, to be honest with you, during that time I, you know, my faith was challenged a lot, but yeah. um, I was a new Christian. I just felt like I was living in sin. I didn't know what to do, but um, yeah, kind of God's perfect timing. Now this went on for three years. Oh wow! So it was a long time, but yeah. in God's perfect timing, my uh, the guy I was staying with. Um, he was being foreclosed on, so it was a it was a rough time. You know, he came into some hardship after the. 2008 2009 situation housing plummeted he was upside down in the mm. house a lot of problems but. was he one of your tenants <laughs> no <laughs> no uh, sorry, sorry buddy we're at the- yeah. <laughs> yeah you gotta go so sorry there's a long story here but no um, please no, go ahead. this is what it's about yeah so yeah he tells me on that friday of that week this is like wednesday um probably gonna have to you know we're gonna have to get out of here all right, I'm going to be foreclosed on. So I'm thinking to myself, man, I've got to do something. I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe I'll talk to Jen, see if anything, you know, if she has any ideas, whatever. So at lunch that day, she sends me a text. Now, we were not in like, we weren't corresponding a lot. So to get a text from her was very unusual. And the text says, would you like to get dinner? I'm like, what? Get dinner? <laughs> So I actually texted her back. Um, are you sure this was for me? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the mindset I yeah. was in. Yeah. Uh, of course it was. Um, end up finding out, um, she felt like God was had softened her heart, called her cool. to forgive me. That night, we get back together. Basically, I go to the house take all my stuff bring oh, it all wow. home wow and probably <laughs> a couple months later the whole family's baptized amen
0: wow that's awesome oh yeah. the guy, I've heard that the full story yeah like that um wow the timing is unbelievable isn't it, it that's amazing yeah. um that's awesome yeah and, but you know
1: what the, the thing is you know I bring up like God's perfect timing right So obviously with the timing of being kicked out of the house, but three years, how many people are patient for three years, right? Yeah, sure. Um, It would be very easy. And sure, I was tempted to kind of move on, thinking this is never going to happen, right? God, where are you? Yeah. Where are you in this? Um, Wow. But he's faithful.
0: Amen. That's amazing. That's awesome. Um, So we can see what God can do. in our lives and this is something that we're going to be talking about a topic of um again just kind of as men um living our lives you know from a biblical worldview Mm -hmm. seeing the sufficiency and the authority of scripture come to bear in all these areas of our lives um at the same time having some fun that's why we joke around about the beards (laughs) We love John, even though he's uh, semi-bearded and semi-Baptist. Am, yeah, we're semibaptist, not Baptist. We're yes. not sure we yeah, I,
2: I mean, yeah. we might have to change the name of the show. Yeah. Or For those right. of you that are wondering what what's going on, it's <sighs> yeah. I'm thinking through a lot. We've gone through <laughs> our family has gone through a lot of changes within the last year, and we're reassessing everything. So I've been mm. really focusing in on covenant. And right well, now,
0: I, I'm all about covenant.
2: Ba- reading a lot of Doug Wilson, so that's <laughs> flavored the water a little bit. You,
0: you got there's a balance, John. So, and
2: I, I have, I've there's started switching over to some more Jeff Durbin okay. apologia. I've yeah. worked yes. that into the diet a little yes. bit. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Or is this yeah. the Bible?
1: Well, oh. <laughs> but anyway. Um, <laughs> My son started following R.C. Sproul and started questioning the pastor <laughs> you know, you <laughs> on know some of this hey, stuff. Hey, MacArthur
0: Everywhere. and Sproul were great
2: friends. I, you know, say, I know a lot so. of Baptists that quote R.C. Sproul. Absolutely. No, right. Yeah.
0: I mean, come on. I mean, we have some of the, the greats in the faith. Pres- I mean, Jonathan Edwards, um, you know, probably the greatest American theologian Correct. To, to ever be. Um, and then let alone when you kind of, you know, just start going back through Calvin and, and, and et cetera. So um, definitely, you know, we don't discredit our Presbyterian <laughs> brothers. Um, <clears throat> hey, you know, one day we'll all see. That's right. You know, the, well, you know, right now we see through the glass, uh, dimly or darkly, and someday our Presbyterian brothers will see clearly <laughs> what's, uh, <laughs> going on. So, um, we, you know, we're going to talk a little bit. This isn't necessarily a, a political, mm-hmm. uh, podcast, but we do have to see how, um, You know, the authority of Scripture and light of Scripture comes to bear on all areas of life, and that's going to include. um, That's why when we talk about schools, right, we're not, hey, look, you know, the public school, yeah, not a fan, but I am a fan of getting the Christian teachers there, of getting the Christian school board um, members there so that then the curriculum is turned because those are the the decision makers. Yeah,
1: the problem is that Christians have pulled out I yeah. mean, wow. they, they pull yeah. out of the the, the public square. Mm. That's part of the issue. Yeah. yeah. Right? Well, you know, let's just go yep. off in our little world. Yep. Build right? a bunker. We'll we'll take separation of church and state so seriously that we, will we st- can separate church and world. Yeah. Right? It's the, uh, yeah. you know, this uh, two kingdom type um, philosophy. And we're oh, just going Gene's bringing it. to operate <laughs> over here in our little churchy world. And yeah. we're, we're fine. They'll all let us do that as long as we don't speak into the other stuff. Mm. Right? And and Christians have done it. This is true. But, this right? is true.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? This, you, no, you're absolutely right. Well,
1: because we're going to, it's going to fail. The earth's going to get all burned up and Christ is going to come back to save the day. <laughs> so now we've, Man. Gene's given our entire, like, uh, year's program here. Okay.
0: no. Wow. <laughs>
1: All we won't right, have to talk right
0: anymore so, about that. Yeah, but yeah, we'll
2: get to we'll get to that later. We'll, we have a specific name for that that we're just going to hold off on. But if you're you're savvy, okay, you know what he's talking
1: about. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, um, but but the, no, the point being though is that you know as Christians, why aren't we out there? Why aren't we on the school true, boards? Correct. True, right? Absolutely. You think about our local church, sure. right? We are pretty influential in the area, but yet. How many, you know, people from the church mm. are in public office there? Sure, local government. Yeah, the local government. Right, governments start influencing.
0: Right, right. Yeah, because that's. I mean, you know, God's law, you know, uh, comes to bear on all areas of life. Uh, you know, Jesus is King, not just of those
2: who acknowledge Him as King. He's King of all. Yeah, that's. So uh, we all attend, or I've been visiting the church that you guys all attend. Uh, I attend a church in Smyrna and our closing is always the great commission, but we start with verse 19, right? Go, go therefore. But The great commission actually starts in verse 18 where Jesus says, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Then therefore go, because you are his commissioned agents. You're carrying within yourself the kingly authority to go Mm. and make this declaration. Hey, this king, the son of God has died for your sins and offers you
1: mm-hmm.
2: pardon mm. from God's wrath. And then I'm not just telling my neighbor, I'm telling those in power as well, whether you recognize it or not, that's Romans 13. The the governor is the servant, Deaconos, yes. is in the original language. So whether, whether Nero accepted it or not, whether the emperor or not, uh, whether your czar or whoever accepted it needs right. to understand they govern. And we'll be held accountable for the power that's delegated to them by Christ.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think one thing that we see, gentlemen, um, that maybe prevents some of this, and we'll address this kind of as as this podcast goes along, we're going to look at various aspects. Um, Obviously, just being kind of aware. You know, this is kind of breaking out of, um, you know, just kind of some trends of thought, right? Some teaching that's kind of been you know, going around for 50, 60 years, um, that's gotten say popular, but may not be exactly correct. Um, and another area could be fear, right? Um, cause one thing I, I kind of wanted to bring up and address from our perspective. Um, I know you guys are, are huge hockey fans. So, uh, I see that go Pens! Of, uh, oh wow, <laughs> man! Where's yeah. my blow-up button here? We gotta. <laughs> well, at least he's he's consistent, people. That's true. He does go for the Steelers. Um, but anyway, um, in this area, on this podcast, we are Philadelphia fans. Flyers. So uh, recently, this this came about this past month, where one of their players, because um, you know hockey, generally, you know. They don't get to be in the gay month, you know, June. They're generally done. Um, Mm. So in order for the NHL to, of course, hop on the very same bandwagon that so many other corporations are so quick to get on so that they can be like, hey, look, I'm inclusive too. You know, I'm more inclusive than you because it seems like it's a game now where they just try to outdo each other with their you know, acceptance. Um, so the NHL will have these pride nights um, where all these, you know, very burly, tough hockey players, mind you, hockey players will come out in their little multicolored, rainbow colored jerseys. You know, some guys are wrapping the tape on their sticks, which of course, I mean, I know if I'm fighting, you know, for some type of fight. Mm. I feel good if someone has wrapped a colored tape on a stick. That's like, man, you're right there with me, brother. So anyway, um, Ivan Provorov, one of the players for the Philadelphia Flyers, who is Russian Orthodox, um, sat out for the practice skate. He would not wear the pride jersey um, because he cited his religious beliefs. And he cited, and it was very good because <clears throat> his team rallied around him all right, his coach, um, John Tortorello, who I'm sure does not want to sit there and a- answer questions, ridiculous questions about, you know, the pride night and his players, but he defended him in a sense, um, basically saying that they respected Provorov's choice and his convictions to not wear the jersey, just as the other, you know, on that same night, yeah. they're supposed to be kind of celebrating someone else's choice. Um, but of course, mainstream media um, did not see it that way. Uh, Ivan Provorov was, you know, all over Twitter and the news um, talking about that. Um, it is interesting to see though, that Provorov's jersey like sold out online. So I thought that was, that was kind of neat. Um, and then mm. we saw, now he held to it. I mean, now, you know, of course his press conference said, I just choose not to wear that because it goes against my religious beliefs. Mm-hmm. And then he said, and that's it. That's all I'm going to say. And that was good. He, you he got, stopped
1: it. You got guys in foot football kneeling and, and protesting the, the national anthem and we glorify them. And now we're going to harass somebody that's not glorifying homosexuality. Like the national hockey league I'm, of all, like, it's like the definition of manhood. It's, hockey. And we're uh, gonna we're gonna masculate the hockey players.
0: Getting canceled on the first
1: podcast. Hey, so, hey. oh well, get off to a good start. <laughs> but it's true, right? <laughs> like really, like, like you know where we where we stand sure. when you started basically putting this type of stuff, yeah. and attacking in a way, yeah. the manliest, sure, uh, you know some of the manliest sure. um, activities that we have, yeah, yeah.
2: Well, I was gonna say, I think. Uh, Jared Longshore has talked about it recently. That we're we've gone from Christian man, uh, rational man, then you had kind of um, spirit of the age man, where everybody can kind of get along. Okay, right, right. And now we're at pagan man, mm. and pagan man says where you used to be able to say, "Oh, this is a chair." You know, and the guy, the rational man goes, yeah, of course I can objectively see that that's a chair based on these standards. Right. And then the spirit of the age man True. goes, well, what might be a chair to you might be a sofa to me. Right. And then pagan man goes, no, that's not a chair. That's a pink elephant and you, will, <laughs> and you will worship it as such, or you will face the consequences. Yeah. We're in the phase now where I don't think we, we quite realized in Christian culture that we're in kind of a, almost a neo-pagan world True. where everything is up for grabs yeah. because people have advocated their responsibilities. Uh, and Christ- Christians, sadly, have been kind of lagging behind. Uh, and I've, we'll talk about this at another time, but I feel like every Christian is kind of making up for the era that they grew up in. So if you grew up in legalism, you're focused on legalism. Antinomianism or lawlessness, you're focused on that, and you've kind of missed that the ground has shifted beneath you. Mm. Uh, cause you haven't been the watchman like as eco talks about, like mm. you haven't been standing yes. in the gap looking right. for these things right. uh, and telling people to take charge. And those that have, I know in my own life at the time, mm. I was like, dude, that, that guy's crazy. <laughs> and then you actually start reading and looking and you're like, yeah, the ground has shifted. And so that's the area that we're in where it is no longer tolerance. It is validation. It wow. is acknowledgement and you will mm. do so mm. or suffer the consequences.
0: Yeah. It's something that you say that because in, um, in the world of ethics, I remember um, in the 70s, I think it was, Peter Singer, who was a philosopher, um, I think he's out like at Berkeley, if he's, you know, maybe it should have been some better research. I'm not sure if, I'm guessing he's still alive. But in the 70s, he had some very radical um, abortion opinions, um, even to the point of saying that uh, in his, you know, in his mind, uh, a child should... Uh, be able to be, well, aborted or basically killed up to a year after birth. Um, that, But then his reasoning after that was, well, now there's a, affections and attachments It would be harder for this to actually happen, which, you
2: know,
0: never mind the fact that you're just killing a one-year-old. <laughs> yeah, all right. Now, at the time, this is seen as like, what? This is crazy. Or even by, you know, liberals, yeah. this yeah. is like mind-blowing that someone would say that. We're almost there. Yeah. we're oh, yeah.
2: Practically there. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're knocking well, on the door.
0: there's people that are for it. Yeah.
2: Infanticide sure. is a legitimate thing that we have to.
1: Elected officials yeah. right. that are for this.
2: Right. I mean, never would you think that
0: um, there would actually be, you would have to argue for life support given to a baby that was born, you know, through a failed abortion. Yeah. No, we should just let it lay there. And expire or not give it any. I mean, this is just this is madness, and this is the same madness that, at the same time, would say, "Don't kill the whale," or "Don't have a pipeline," or "Don't put this here or that here because of this bird or this moth or toad could go extinct or something." So, um, but as we circle back to the idea of the acceptance, um, and I think at times people people see this right and they're not really sure um how to navigate these waters Mm -hmm. right because you want to stand for truth um but you know nowadays it could be something where that may
2: cost
1: you your job it's not just political correctness and Mm -hmm. oh yeah you know that guy said yeah said the wrong thing anymore i mean in canada they put you in jail for saying some of this stuff right Oh yeah, you know yeah. I mean, remember? Um, uh, gosh, what's his name? The uh, Coates. Well, yeah, him. But um,
2: uh, Jordan Peterson.
1: Jordan. Yeah, Jordan, Jordan Peterson. Peterson. Yeah, oh, okay. Jordan Peterson. That's who I was thinking of. They put him in jail. Well, the, the no. Oh, okay. S-
2: <laughs> clinical Psychiatry Board of Canada was. Oh, okay, uh, was okay. Calling him. And they were insinuating that they were going to send and send him to like a reeducation center, like to help Uh, him correct his views and approach it from this perspective. And that caught a lot of groundswell on, on online and Twitter. Like that's how everybody He pretty
1: much was refusing to, to use. Well, I I don't, I don't even know if he refused to use the, the desired pronouns Mm. or or whatever, but it was all around that. Correct. Correct. Right. Yeah. I remember that. Right. Um, and, and so it's hate speech, right? Not using the sure. right pronouns can be considered well, hate speech and can result in prison yeah. in, in Canada. It's craziness. And it's,
0: it's not just there. Uh, there was another story um, of a gentleman in Malta. Um, you, I think in Canada, and there's actually been some, I think it's gone maybe either county by county or certain cities in America that have this um, conversion therapy ban Um, so, and they're, and they're kind of the overreach, not that, I mean, a government come on, they never overreach, right? They, uh, they don't overstep their bounds. Um, but they're trying to enforce this also in churches and religious institutions saying that if you speak out against homosexuality in any way, um, that you are violating this conversion, this conversion ban. Um, um, and there was a gentleman in Malta who was arrested for sharing his testimony. He came to Christ. Uh, before he came to Christ, he was a uh, practicing homosexual. And after um, Christ rescued him and uh, and saved him, um, he delivered him from the homosexual lifestyle. And then just by telling his testimony, they charged him and put him... In jail. Hmm. Now he was not, he was not saying that to like using that to actually like try and convert someone else. This was just, he was just saying what happened to him.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And it's gone that far. So we see that. And I think a lot of people are, I mean, wh- you know, again, as men, um, what do we do in these situations? I like, went do we, uh, are we carted off to jail? Do we, do we go that far? Do we, um, you know, as Greg uh, Kochel would say, how do we handle this in a winsome manner as mm-hmm. ambassadors? Is there a way, or is it just time that we are bold and stand like an Ivan Provorov? Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I yeah, I mean, if you haven't been able to tell already, I'm I'm kind of uh, on the just just stand there. Right. don't yeah. like, well, why give in to any of this? I yeah. mean, it's, it's craziness. We're, you know, we're being told to call men, women and call chairs, pink elephants essentially. Yeah. Right. I, I'm not going to do that. Mm. That's great. That's, that's nonsense. Why would we do that? Yeah. I don't, I don't think, I don't think we should. I think if, if we do in it, we're just buying into that, mm. buying into this, this culture. And, um, Uh, yeah I don't know
0: I think that that kind of gets to something that is going to be an overarching theme that we discuss um, is that we yes we are in a very feel good culture now um, that's crept into the church as well oh
1: yeah for sure
0: Uh, feelings and things like that but we're called to truth
2: yeah I, I was just going to to piggyback on that, Darren. Uh, the, if you're trying to figure out what what we're talking about here, is we're talking about what is known as a subjective reality, being led yeah. by your feelings, thinking that everything is up for grabs, that you have the right to redefine what God has clearly defined, right? And we're seeing this with everything. I think this is something that I came to, to realize during the pandemic was like, they were, they were trying to scare me to actually stay in the house. And then I'm watching the screen and this like, National Geographic Channel. And I'm rather than going outside mm. and seeing nature, I'm watching it through the screen. And, they, <laughs> and then you make the shift where you go outside and you mm. realize, I think I went hiking by myself for the first time during the pandemic in a while. And I'm just watching. And I'm being like, there's something really good to being out here, seeing a tree, being able to mm. put hands on a tree, being able to see that it's tactile mm. and that it's real and that God has created this. And that the screen and my emotions are lying to me. I Jeremiah. love Jeremiah 17.9. It says the heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? And then verse 10, it says, I, the Lord, test the heart. So your feelings aren't aren't the standard. The yeah. Lord God yeah. is the one that tells you and structures everything. And I mm. think we've lost that um, because we've we've been trying to do what we thought we were called to do, which is be quiet and submissive, leave mm. humble lives, uh, don't argue, and hoping to win the world, but not realizing that the idea of neutrality, that things that there's— the lost in us and the world is just neutral, but the wor- the world is has chosen a side. It is under the sway. We're told this in Scripture. It's under sc- the sway of the evil one, the prince and mm-hmm. ruler of this air, uh, for a mm-hmm. time. And then we, as Jesus's church, are to go in, not uh, arguing, not um, right. We're right. to go in and show the light to live as He's called us to live, and give a reason and hope that's in us, so that when somebody goes, hey, why is your family structured that way, mm. and they enjoy it, correct. You can go, man, let me tell you about yeah. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, we don't shining, like the like a- light,
1: shining the light into darkness is not I mean that that's contrast, right? Yeah. It's that's what we're that's what we're supposed to do. So you have to this idea that you can have your own truth. Mm. I mean, that's really what you hear all about all, all the time, right? Let's redefine there is no real truth. I mean, it's almost like two plus two can equal five if you think so. <laughs> um Yeah, I mean it, it's it's true. Um that, you know, there is only one source of truth. Yeah. Right. You can't yeah. have your own truth. There's no such thing as individual truth. Mm. There's one truth. Right. God's truth.
2: Right. And yeah, we, so
1: to deny that or to not speak God's truth mm, yeah, is wrong.
0: Mm. And I think that's what um, kind of like what you're talking about, John, is, yeah, we don't rush in like Antifa and blow up yeah, things and right. do that right uh we see i mean paul peter all these guys um they they got in plenty enough trouble just by speaking the
2: truth in a loving way right they weren't yeah. like yeah it was at ephesus that they're and read the book of acts when paul and Barnabas go to ephesus the crowd is already like the ones that have turned the world upside down are here yeah and all paul and barnabas are doing are saying hey they're preaching the gospel yeah they're submitting to the authorities. As you
0: can see what that yeah. what that does when you speak that into these areas, right? Ivan Proverov, right? Just says, "Hey, wearing this um goes against my religious beliefs." And it's like, boom, you know, like this huge thing. I mean, you think like, you know, he was on the ice like killing puppies or something. Yeah. And it's like you the, the 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 left there can't just be like, "Okay, that's what you believe, fine." We'll let
2: you do that. Yeah. Yeah. Going, I think a lot of that was we've, we've, uh, as Christians, as men, we've allowed the world to tell us how to interact with it. Not realizing mm. that it's a liar and it's a thief and that we're dealing with Satan. So he's going to yeah. be like, of course you show me tolerance and I'll respect your view. So we show tolerance mm. and it's like, no, 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 that ain't enough chief. Mm. And it starts taking from us more and more. And we just get frustrated and we're like, mm-hmm. what's going on? Yeah.
0: Well that that, that goes to a point. um, that talking about this kinder, uh, meeker uh, Christianity that doesn't want to offend, doesn't want to ruffle feathers, but the byproduct is that uh, it allows, first of all, allows heresy um, and false teaching, and then allows secular teaching to invade the church in, you know, I mean, it's so pervasive now with feminism um let alone when when you start to get into racial uh issues and things like that um and then going so far as you know abortion and and the lgbtq um that people for the sake of not wanting to offend you know i don't want to i don't want to call someone that or i don't want to do this or i don't want to hurt their feelings but now we've let the leaven in, and we have yeah. to realize that we have to, we are called
1: to and commanded to speak against that. People will get offended, yeah. but that doesn't mean that what you're saying is offensive. Mm-hmm. It's not. If it's right. God's truth, it's not offensive. Hmm. If they're offended by it, that's, you know. Yeah, you're... <laughs> Dear, I was in your church service this past Sunday. And your
2: pastor had this little nugget, I think, slipped through where he said that fit, sin affects the hearing, right? So if you bring the truth to someone, okay, yeah. their, their sin is going to affect the way that they hear that. Um, I was sharing with a young girl. Um, she's a high schooler. She's involved in a uh, Christian uh, para ministry, and she's talking about her, her Uh, friend feeling judged if they came to church. And I was like, no, 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 no. The church doesn't judge. That's the spirit of God bringing conviction Mm. on their sin. And they don't know what to do with that. Mm. So it's easier to point the finger and be like, that's because of you, right? Right. Rather than saying, no, God is already stirring and working, using you to reach that person. We just, we're afraid of that. And so we just automatically defer to like, I'm going to put you in control rather than like saying, like, God is stirring, God is taking ground, I'm going to follow his charge. Mm. And I'm using very kind of militaristic language, but that that's the mindset that you have to have when because you're in a
1: spiritual battle. True, well, the Bible is yeah. almost all militaristic in terms of its <laughs> language is full, is full of it. Yeah. Right? Even in the New Testament. Sure. I mean, the Old Testament's definitely that yeah. way, but, you know. You mean we haven't... Uh, Lord of armies and...
0: We haven't well, disconnected yeah. the Old Testament? I thought... I thought there was somebody that told us about doing that. No, if we're calling people, <laughs> or, are we calling people out? So, um, yeah. So, so looking at these things, then um, looking at the call, uh, you know, that, that we're called to um, defend the truth, um, to to stand for the truth, um, and that the truth, just the truth, you know, needs no offense added because it's offensive enough it causes the offense because it causes the conviction of of sin um you know the scripture you know god's word uh, is the light that shines into the darkness and you know convicts us of that um this is something you know I'll, i guess I'll, i can uh, get into then a little bit of uh in my story and how what the scriptures have done for us um in our relationship uh so similar you know i i you get this right. See, I was we were married in two thousand, which was a little bit strategic because then it would be very easy to calculate which which, which anniversary yeah, anniversary. Yeah. Like what year is it? Twenty three? All right. It's twenty third anniversary this year. So I know exactly when when that was. And um for, you know, a good part of that our marriage, um, I was someone who, you know, uh basically kinda like lived almost like a separate life, because I was living for myself. Uh, I was trying to, you know, satisfy my desires. Um, I had come to Christ um, at an earlier age when I was fifteen, um, and kind of came through a, an IFB church, um, you know, which has some of its baggage all its own. But anyway, I can't, I can't blame them for my behavior. Um, so even though I'd, I'd like to take the millennial way out and, and blame them, I can't, I had to take it for myself. So, uh, through some frustrations, um, you know, I, I saw it, um, happiness and I saw it you know, meaning from other things and that just continued to drive a wedge between me and my wife. Um, and just got to a point where, you know, I had always kind of, she's always the better person in the relationship. Uh, and so I'm shocked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's a big yeah. surprise for me right now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know.
0: Um, and really I, I kind of took advantage of that. Cause I thought like, Oh, she's never gonna, she's never going to leave me, you know? Um, and then, yeah, just, we had this one kind of argument and I kind of like did my normal, you know, text to kind of make up and didn't exactly get the response back that I thought I was going to get. I'm kind of like, Oh, wow. What's going on here? And um Yeah, she had basically just kinda had enough of my 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 junk. And um we went to to the point where, you know, I'd went and I'd uh, moved into my back into my parents' house, taking a bunch of stuff with me. And I, I just remember that first night that I'm sitting there in yeah, you know, my parents' spare bedroom and looking at the stuff that I could bring with me that night and thinking like, well, here you go. This is what you wanted, right? You wanted, you wanted the stuff and everything you went through, all the deceit and the lies and whatever to, to get this stuff. Here you are. And so, um, it was a, it was a process, you know, it wasn't a three year process, which wow. I mean, it was, Gosh, I thought I thought ours was long enough. Like three years. It's rough. Amen. Um, so, you know, we went through a period of reconciliation, and uh, it was difficult. Um, and God did a lot during that time. You know, we, we would say that if it wasn't for Him, we wouldn't we wouldn't be together. Um, and so, uh, we went through a period of you know just like awkwardness and uncertainty, you don't know, you know, uh, you know, are we really kind of like, to, is it, is it, is it healed? Is it together? Is, are we really on this road? You know, like, can I get comfortable? Like, or, am, you know, cause you're kind of like thinking like every argument, like, I don't want to argue. Cause that might be like, all right, you know, you're gone. Um, but I tell you, you know, she, it was really her patience. Um, and, and God working in both of our hearts. And it was during that time that I really, um, I'd come to kind of like a reformed um, theology years prior um, and could really talk the talk and, and whatnot. And uh, it was during that time um, when I got some bad counseling, I'd went to see a therapist and you know, it was kind of the usual thing, you know, here's some, let's, let's, let's get a, a diagnosis so we can prescribe you some meds and, you know, just kind of, you know, dope you up a little bit. Um And it was during that that I started really looking into counseling, um, Christian counseling and whatnot. And I came across biblical counseling and didn't even know there was a difference between the two. You know, I just figured, you know, I saw that. And so I started kind of looking into that and seeing that it really stresses the sufficiency of scripture. Um, and I know I'd always kind of claim that like, yeah, I believe in scripture. Sure. It's God's word, you know, the authority, blah, blah, blah. But did I trust in its sufficiency though, to speak to these areas of life that I'm struggling with? Um, and then, you know, to, to, to kind of see that and to have my eyes open to that, um, that led into me, you know, um, becoming certified as a biblical counselor. And it's, it's really kind of neat to now come alongside uh, people to kind of do that same thing in their life, right. To get them to see what scripture can do, uh, what the power is there. If we start to really just live our lives according to biblical principles, you know I mean? God, I'm, I, I, you know, I know, like, the typical guy kind of gets that uh, the stereotype of not wanting to read the instructions. Uh, that's not me. <laughs> like, I I love instructions. You know, I love when I get something and I open it up and I'm like, where's the book at? Where's the book? And, you know, the bigger the better. I'm like, oh, look at this. Um, you know, you're flipping through and I'm looking and I'm like, okay, good. And which is really, you know, nowadays you don't even get that, right? Yeah. You, you get, like... A web address or a QR code where you go and you get the PDF. Like, PDF? Like, I can't hold that. I can't flip pages and, you know. So, our father's given us the instruction book. Um, he hasn't left us here. You know, he's not the blind watchmaker um, that just got this stuff started and just let it go. He's given us the instruction book on how. We are to do this, how we're to live, how, how we're to be, you know, as individuals, but then how we're to be as friends and relatives, how we're to be as husband and wife and how we're to be as parents. And it's like,
2: we got to look at the book. And I don't yeah. think we,
1: t- we don't talk about all these different things enough. No, we don't. I mean, I mean, I'm sure there there are churches, there are pastors that are talking about this stuff, but. But I'd say in general, we yeah. don't talk about it enough, at yeah. least in, in my, my feeling, my, my assessment, mm. you, you know, there's important stuff like salvation and it's kind of like almost like we, there's a lot of focus on that stuff and people get a pretty good understanding and mm-hmm. the, the nuances around that. But the great commission isn't just go make sure everybody's saved. Mm-hmm. great commission is to teach all that Jesus commanded, yeah. to, you know, teach, so we need to know all the things yeah. that he commanded, yeah, right. Right. right? And that means that there's a lot there. It's a <laughs> yeah, big it's, book. It's pretty thick, last I looked. <laughs> I think it's
2: it's 1 Thessalonians 4.3 uh, that says, this is the will of God, your sanctification. Mm. And then it goes to talk about yeah. practically abstaining from sexual things. But just that phrase, the will of God is for your sanctification, for your growth into Christ. Yeah. Uh, the salvation is not the destination, it's the start right? That you're to be growing into the likeness right. of Jesus. Um, and I think as, as you're talking, Darren, something that I realized in my own life fairly recently, because we were both at uh, the SBC conference in Nashville, uh, yes. not too long ago yes. that wrestled with this very question, the sufficiency of scripture. And I think while we were there, one of the things that I realized is there is a breakdown between what we claim as our theology and what is our practice. Correct. So we will, we will affirm the sufficiency and inerrancy of scripture, but our practice is, uh, I'm going to need this other thing. <laughs> I, yeah. And, yeah. and you look at, you look at your average person that's going, all right, well, show me the the logical response will be all right. Will you show me the verse where it says that, right? And you go, well, no. You have to you have to look at what God has said. Yes. You you speak where God speaks, and you're silent where God is silent. But you can also see that He's given you principles, not for the greater yes. things, but for the lesser things that you can practice and apply, and then that sharpens your discernment. Mm. Your discernment, hearing the voice of God. I love. I'm a quote machine. I love quotes. Yeah. But Charles Spurgeon said um, that discernment is not knowing right from wrong; it's knowing right from almost right. Yes. And we have Mm. to practice that muscle of being able to say, this is true. Mm. This isn't quite there yet. Mm. Not in a critical spirit, but just so we're so used to what the truth is, we can go, I see where this is lacking. Yeah. And in my own life, I've had to do that. And it's been a rough season. God is still working and still moving uh, where I've had to go, all right, but what does this say? True. You know, the reason, the reason I quote, I tell people, the reason why I pray and talk a lot of scripture is not, oh, look at me. It's because I need to remind myself what the word of God says.
0: Yeah. Right, you don't want to hear my opinion. Correct. Right, Because, yeah. I mean, I'm just a man. Yep. And, you know, again, coming from, from a counseling perspective, you know, secular counseling is other men's opinions and observations. Um, other fallen men, um, many of whom generally had an
2: agenda behind much of their... Sigmund Freud is Sigmund Freud. a huge one. Even though a lot of his theories were discredited, there are still a lot of people that yeah. buy into his philosophy and practice
0: yep. it. And unfortunately, it that has crept into what they call Christian counseling, which is basically Freud or Rogers or, or any of Jung, those something like that. Young with scripture thrown in. You know, we'll throw we'll kind of throw some Bible verses on here, but we're going to give you all of these secular techniques um, to to do you know to help with whatever it is without actually addressing the fact that we are embodied souls and we first have to address the soul issue there. Look at, you know, sin issues, look at the influence of, of of these things, address that from that standpoint first and then work outwardly. Um, but again, that means that we have to, to get into that word. We have to know that word. Um, we have to be
2: practicing,
0: and pra- Right. Pract- applying it. Well, you talk, you know, back in the 70s, there was the um, the statement on inerrancy, the mm-hmm. Chicago Statement on, on Biblical Inerrancy. Um, you know, many incredible evangelical leaders, John MacArthur, you know, J.I. Packer, Sproul, all those guys that came together to sign that. And I feel like nowadays, there has to be one on sufficiency. You know, the evangelical community, by and large, needs to be united in this idea Um, or commitment to biblical sufficiency. And when you have people, um, when you have these, honestly, snakes in the grass, like an Andy Stanley, who can get up there and basically be like, well, you know, if it's true or not, it doesn't, you know, this, or the virgin birth, you know, doesn't matter if Jesus, you know, it's about Jesus rising from the dead and whether or not that was true. Well, the virgin birth matters, also you can't disconnect it i mean he's big on disconnecting he wants to disconnect the. there's no virgin birth and
2: the death was there was no No, point in his death
0: and i and i can't believe that a leader like that would come out with a statement because it took even a secular man could see it because uh larry king was asked he said if you could ask jesus one question what would it be and larry king answered were you truly born of a virgin because they said, if you were, then everything else is true, right? Everything else. It's like, if you're born of a virgin, then everything else is possible there. The miracles, the, the being raised from the dead. So the fact that Larry King could see the importance of this topic, but a quote unquote pastor, Christian leader, evangelical leader of Andy Stanley and the influence that he has, he can't recognize that. That's scary. That's scary and but this is what happens though when we're in a climate of tolerance in evangelicalism when we don't call people out when we don't hold feet to the fire then you have a wolf like this that rises up
2: yeah and this isn't anything new um I've really enjoyed reading through Ian Murray's history books. I'm reading Evangelicism Divided. Uh, And these were questions that happened in the 50s and 60s uh, with kind of the Billy Graham crusades and him kind of having this big tent. As long as people profess that Jesus is Lord, we can welcome them in. But the fundamental question they were missing is, what is a Christian? And a lot of those kind of ecumenical, everyone's welcome to the table, pushed was a lot of what you're articulating. So it's nothing new. There's nothing new under the sun. It's just... This is our time yeah. to kind of draw the line in the sand and go, this is nothing new. This is Gnosticism. This is unhitching the the scriptures. This is another heresy, nothing new under the sun. Yeah. Why? Because there's a break in theology and practice. Yeah. And so in order to win the world, I have to be like the world. Uh, and if you're like wow. the world, the world <laughs> doesn't really care because it's like, Hey, you're in, it's like the same thing with lot when he was in Sodom and Gomorrah where the yeah. crowd goes, Hey, who are you to judge us? like aren't you the one that's always been living with us and lots like oh man yeah i thought i was witnessing to you but uh, you've all just been assuming that i'm part of the boat here is that is that yeah no no you're yeah. you're
0: exactly right because it is about that it's the the, the the theology applied you know the the importance of why why we study right it's not just you know i mean we're th- three ordinary dudes um it's kind of the the whole model of this podcast you know we're not we don't have any titles. We have no titles. I need a title. Amish, Gene, <laughs> <Okay>. Presby, <laughs> Presby I, John.
2: I feel like there needs to be a more distinguished than Amish Gene. <laughs> yeah. yeah. With well, the magnificence that's of that's the terrible. beard, you can't, you this can't just, yeah.
1: Actually, you want to hear a real quick funny story? Sure. Yeah. So we were at the of baptism course. the other day, and a um, guy gets up on the stage to get baptized. <laughs> yeah, this is great. Right? <laughs> and um, he's he starts talking into the microphone saying, you know, a little bit about his testimony and loves Jesus and why he wants to be baptized. I'm like, that guy looks familiar. I whisper over to Jen, like, and I heard his name. Right. And I'm like, I think that was our neighbor. Right. So (laughs) probably no one knows, but I had, I have Amish, I still have Amish neighbors. Okay. My my neighbor is Amish. There is a little bit of, and, um, and you know, when we moved into the house, he lived there, right? But he's clean-shaven. Wow. You know, I, it was hard to recognize. It's been like 10 years yeah. he's moved out of there, right? So I'm like, we got to track him down. She was like, man, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's him. Same name. <laughs> so I track him down afterward, start talking to him. And sure enough, it was. He didn't recognize me. And I said, that's probably because I'm the one with the beard now and you don't, <laughs> right? <laughs> he got a kick out of that because- uh, yeah, because that's he hilarious he's clean, shaven, no, he's clean shaven
0: yeah and you've got that um yeah. but anyway no that's good <laughs> all right john's got notes out
2: no well i was just thinking uh because we always we're kind of talking about there's this big push in the culture to like pick your battles even in yeah. the evangelical church pick your battles pick this hill to die i don't know if this particular issue here is the one that you want to stake your claim on right you want to be thinking 10 years down the road, right? You want to be thinking about this issue. Are you losing, I think, what Jonathan Lehman said, capital, Mm. uh, political capital in order to gain this. Um, But I just, again, back to evangelism divided. I was reading this quote by Ian Murray, and I wrote it down uh, because it just stuck with me. He says, if we sacrifice truth today for short-term influence, we cannot guarantee what our conduct will be tomorrow. When the day to fight is postponed, the very will to fight may go from us. Oh, wow. And I was just like,
1: How true is that, though? Sounds like founding fathers or something, I know. like like <laughs> that Revolutionary does. War times, Man. right? Wow.
0: We we need to do that, right? We need to go in with our muskets but and lay them aside as we sit in I, our pews.
1: You brought up feminism, and we should probably get to that. But Ugh. this is probably, I mean, it's not. We don't have time for it today, <laughs> yeah. for sure. But but feminism is, plays a big role in this, mm. right? We have in our our culture. There's been an active um, effort to take away manhood yes right we yep. need to crush the patriarchy we need to emasculate men yeah. we need men are weak yep. we need to women to rise up women yeah. to be strong right um, that's not how God designed it right um, and so so I think this has really creeped in the church yeah and, sure. and our church you know we don't even realize it. I think v- Votie Bauckham had uh, a little story, right? He's like, you want to you want to find out how f- how feminism has creeped into your church? Take your you know have a your eighteen year old you know a young young lady, bring her to like one of the the women's mm. women's uh, events, women's mm-hmm. Bible studies or something like that. Sit down at the table, and you'll find out that very quickly some of the older ladies there are going to ask so you know sue what are you what are you planning to do and and have her say well i'm looking to find a husband yeah. and raise a family <laughs> um and then they're going to say yeah yeah that's good but what else are you going to do right and there's this tendency like i mean it's it's everywhere that you know, being being a stay at home mom. I mean, we even re, you know we have a term for it, right? Stay at home mom. Yeah. Well, I mean, what is the biblical role of women? Right. It may not be popular to say, but the biblical role of women. You know, men should be out. Men are the ones in battle. Men are the ones killing something and dragging it home. Right. That's the role of the man. Ooh. The women um, yeah. are. The household yeah. is that, their place, right? To take true. care of the household.
0: That's like taboo nowadays, Gene. So I, yeah, that's
2: right. Well, try to go on YouTube taboo. or anything. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is true. If they didn't cancel uh, us well, earlier, there.
0: I think you know, that'll be our, our next episode. Will be take back your testicles, because um, <laughs> that's what we need to do, <laughs> well, right? Because they've basically I, taken them. You at make the door. it a
1: joke, but but in reality, you you that's, you can see it if you if sure. you get a critical eye, you'll see feminization. Yep of almost everything Oh yeah, all around us. Yeah.
2: No, because he he used one of my favorite words, just having a critical eye and, but not having a critical spirit, right? So we're to look, we're to be looking at, hey, how do I improve this? How do I make this better? How do I bring this into subjection to the word of God, right? But not having a a contrary spirit against God and against others, right? Um, But also um, thinking through uh, what we're talking about here may be challenging for some of you. I know I tend to come from a, a background and I'm really pray. If you want something to pray for, pray for as I think through that complementarianism yeah. and what that actually looks like. Cause I'm leaning more toward hierarchical. Yeah. Right. And, and what that, what that looks like in practice, because what I, what At I don't not want
1: egalitarian,
2: it's not egalitarian. <laughs> At and least
1: you're not there. The opposite um, but, way.
2: But, but, and you'll hear me probably talk about this a lot. What I, what I've come to in my own life and what i what I want for other men is to be a joyful warrior. Yeah. The G.K. Chesterton quote always applies, that the soldier uh, fights not because he hates what's in front of him, but because he loves what's behind him. Mm. I love the things of God. I love the way that God has been merciful in my life and my family's life, and I want to fight for that. I want other people to experience, yeah. like, man, it is good to sit under the rule and reign of this king and yeah. submit your lives to him and, and be honest in subjection and lay everything you're— maybe you're thinking like, man, I have these thoughts and I can't articulate them. And these guys are articulating it. Right. But I've always been afraid to say it. Don't be afraid to, to start thinking biblically. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. But if you want your wife to submit to you, then you need to be like Christ. Yeah. You need to love her like Christ loved you. It's both
0: Right? right. You can't, you don't have one without the other. And, um, I yeah, think, but that, yeah. that's
1: that's a trap that men get into. Sure. Right? Absolutely. Um, absolutely. We yep. have to be careful, right? Because, yeah, it's it's like you can't demand yep. that. Yep. You have to earn it. Yep. Mm. Right? Christ is worthy of yep. us submitting to him. You need to be worthy as a man correct. for your wife to submit to you. Yeah, correct. If your wife isn't submitting to you, you're probably doing something wrong. Yep. Look in the mirror. Yep. Right?
0: Yep. Yeah. All right, guys. That sounds like a, uh, a good... Uh, note to end on um, we're uh, coming up on one hour so wow. i think uh next week we will kind of be exploring some more of these topics um looking at biblical masculinity and the rise of feminism in the church so thank everyone for tuning in uh please like subscribe follow on whatever platform you're watching or listening to us